0: On today's podcast, we talk about vaginal bleeding in early pregnancy. A very scary experience. I'm Dr. Mark Amels, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. I remember when my wife and I found we were pregnant, we were so happy Yeah, we were so scared we put the only embryos we had in us and we knew if something happened, that was it. We're done. And when she had that bleeding, we were very scared. We ran down to the hospital and we... Wanted to make sure everything was fine and everything looked good and, and we, felt, we felt good, but I'm not going to lie, the entire pregnancy, I was always scared to death. I was always sure something would go wrong because I thought, how could we be this lucky? See, the thing is, most people aren't going to understand this. This episode is for people with infertility. If you can get pregnant easy, or you haven't had multiple miscarriages before, bleeding in early pregnancy is just a thing. I hear people say all the time, oh yeah, it's normal. Oh, my friend happened and she did fine. Because if the only thing you need to do to have another kid is watch a little chocolate and some wine, then it's not that hard to get there. But for some of us, it's not only hard... But sometimes we get one shot. And when you see that bleeding in your mind, you already think it's over. I even find OB doctors still don't appreciate the fear that people with infertility have when they have vaginal bleeding. Many times patients will be written off or told, oh, don't worry, that's normal. But the problem is, It doesn't matter if it's normal in some women. It doesn't matter that other women have done fine. At that moment, you just want to know, is my baby okay? What I want to discuss today are a true understanding of what causes vaginal bleeding. Because in reality, most of the time it isn't due to something wrong with the pregnancy, even though in our minds, it's 100% the pregnancy. But after listening tonight, you may have more security that it isn't the baby, or at least keeping you a little more sane, as I remember my wife and I weren't when we first had our bleeding. So hopefully this will help some people if they ever encounter this extremely scary experience. And hopefully everything turns out okay. So the first thing I think is important to understand is where can bleeding come from? And essentially bleeding can come from about six places. First, you have the cervix, the vagina, the uterine environment. You can have things like polyps in them. You can have cervical polyps, vaginal polyps. All of those can cause bleeding. Second, you have the uterus. The uterus has the endometrial lining that sheds every month. That causes bleeding, but obviously not expected in pregnancy. You can have bleeding from the placenta, which is where you have like a subchorionic hemorrhage. You can have ectopics, where there's bleeding in the tube and it's coming out now, through the vagina. You can have implantation bleeding that occurs after the baby implants into the uterine lining. You can also have a threatened abortion where you have bleeding, but nothing is wrong with the baby. When it comes to pathological bleeding, such as a polyp on the cervix or what is called an ectropion, an ectropion is when cells that are normally inside the cervix come out onto the outside of the cervix, and that creates a very friable environment friable meaning easy to bleed so again these cells are normally inside the cervix going down the endometrial canal and they avert out onto the cervix and then they bleed easily and so sometimes something as simple as intercourse coughing laughing sneezing can cause you to bleed now that bleeding usually is very minimal it's usually going to be a brownish maybe a pinkish discharge, And usually it's painless. When you think of an ectopic, you should be thinking of having pain, heavy bleeding, bleeding that's going to cover more than a panty liner. Usually it's going to be bright red bleeding. When we talk about a subchloric hemorrhage, again, this is going to be more bleeding than a panty liner can hold. Usually, it's going to be a bright red bleeding, and it almost looks like a period. It's extremely scary. Now, what's really important to understand is why do we see bleeding when something's wrong with the baby? Because clearly, it makes sense that there's a polyp, if there's a ectropion if there's an ectopic; those forms of bleeding make sense. But why do you bleed when the baby has a problem? Why do you have bleeding? when the baby stops growing. And the reason why is because what causes a woman's uterus to bleed, even naturally every month, is the withdrawal of progesterone. So every month you ovulate, and when you ovulate, you then make progesterone. And that that cyst called the corpus luteum sticks around for two weeks. And if you get pregnant... It will stay, but if you don't, it goes away and you get your period. But when you get pregnant, the placenta cells will send out a hormone called HCG. HCG mimics a hormone called LH, luteinizing hormone. So the baby rescues the corpus luteum. So instead of it collapsing and you get your period, it keeps it around and makes it keep making progesterone. Now, the thing is, is that if something happens to the baby, then that LH is going to drop, again, LH mimicking HCG, and that's going to then lower progesterone, which will then lead to vaginal bleeding due to the withdrawal of the progesterone. So why is that important? It's important because when you do a fresh transfer Or if you get pregnant with, let's say, an intrauterine insemination or naturally, then you know the baby is giving the HCG to keep the progesterone around. So anytime you see bleeding, it is more concerning than seeing bleeding when you do a frozen embryo transfer where you're providing all the progesterone and you're not expecting the HCG to make progesterone. Because you didn't ovulate. You never made a corpus luteum. So you're never gonna make progesterone naturally. So when you have bleeding with a natural pregnancy, again, not a frozen transfer, then all bleeding can theoretically be from the baby. It doesn't mean it's going to be, and most of the time it won't. And we'll go over those different types of bleeding. But the point is, there's a possibility. However, with a frozen embryo transfer there is no HCG keeping the corpus luteum alive, which means even if the baby failed and stopped growing, you wouldn't have a single drop of blood because you were never depending on the baby to keep the progesterone around. You were taking progesterone injections. And so when we talk about these different types of bleeding, I'm going to talk about the difference between when it's natural Or frozen embryo transfer. Because with a frozen embryo transfer, I almost never worry about bleeding. Because I know the bleeding doesn't represent the baby. Whereas in a natural cycle, the bleeding can represent the baby. Because the baby is producing the HCG that's keeping the progesterone around. So when should you be nervous? I would break bleeding into four different types of bleeding. The first two are usually going to be painless and are very minimal bleeding. When I say minimal, I mean wearing a panty liner, you would only have a few drops or some spots. The first one is when you get that brownish, kind of pinkish discharge when you wipe. This is one of the most common calls I get. And this is almost never worrisome. And the reason why is because what that brownish color is, is that you probably had a small bleed at the cervix, and then that mixed with vaginal leucorrhea, and that made that brownish color. This is never worrisome. And if anything was negative, it was purely a coincidence. So I feel you can feel very comfortable with this type of discharge, regardless if it was a natural or a frozen embryo transfer. Now the second one you'll see is bright red bleeding, and it's going to be mild again. So we're talking a panty liner. You're not seeing heavy bleeding. You couldn't even fill a whole panty liner, but it's bright red. This is something bleeding actively. And usually... This is going to be due to cervical bleeding. Now, in a natural transfer, it's a little more scary because it could be the beginning of a threatened abortion. What a threatened abortion means, just in case you don't know that, is anytime time you have bleeding during pregnancy. And if it gets worse, then that could have been the beginning of something worse. In a frozen embryo transfer, it usually is almost always cervical bleeding because you don't have a drop in HCG, so you'll never see this kind of rise in the growth of the bleeding. It's either going to be minimal or a bunch, but in a natural cycle, you can start to get that buildup, but again, most of the time, nothing to worry about. The third case Is probably one of the more scary cases, but usually things go well. And that's when you get a painless gush of blood, usually with clots. Now, regardless if you're in a natural cycle or a frozen transfer, this is most likely a subchloric hemorrhage. Now, these do have a low chance of miscarriage, but they are very scary because the amount of bleeding is excessive. It almost looks like a period. And matter of fact, the blood clots scare people the thinking that might be the pregnancy. Never stop your medications if you have this type of bleeding because things could still be fine, and stopping the medications could lead to an actual miscarriage. Now, a subchoric hemorrhage is when there's a bleed between the placenta and the uterus. What causes these is not really known. It's something that just happens. It doesn't matter if you're laying in bed, if you're walking around. But once you have these, we recommend being a little calmer and not running and having intercourse. The last form of bleeding is painful bleeding with a period-like flow with cramping. That is very concerning. Anytime you are getting cramping and having pain... With heavy bleeding, there's a high concern of having a miscarriage. So let's separate these out. Let's first start with the situation. You're a natural pregnancy or you did an IUI or a, a fresh transfer. When it comes to the four types of bleeding, the first one, the brownish pinkish discharge, That's painless. Never anything to worry about. If you have the bright red spotting, painless. It usually is nothing, again, possible cervical bleeding from laughing, coughing, a probe that was placed during an ultrasound, but it theoretically could be the beginning of something worse, so it could start off with spotting and get worse, and clearly if it's getting worse, that is more concerning. With the painless gush of blood, like we talked about the subcaric hemorrhage, this is going to be more bleeding, more than the panty liner. Again, lower chances of miscarriage, it's not going to be high. But there is more risk now. The last one is the fourth one, which is the painful, cramping, period-like flow that is very concerning. Now, in all those situations, I recommend always stay on your medications and waiting until things are verified before stopping anything. Now, in the situation of a frozen embryo transfer, things are different. There is no baby producing ACG keeping a corpus luteum around. Now, yes, the baby's making ACG, but you don't have a corpus luteum, so you are not relying on the baby for the progesterone, which means that if anything did happen to the baby, you actually wouldn't get bleeding, which is why if you do a frozen embryo transfer, you should actually be less worried when you get bleeding because it's almost never is going to represent the baby. So when we start with the first group, we talk about the brownish pinkish discharge. I can assure you, it is just cervical bleeding. In the second situation, where you get the bright red spotting, again, it's going to be cervical bleeding. Now, if you have that painless gush of blood, it is a subcortic hemorrhage. Now, most of these again don't lead to miscarriages, but depending on where the subcortic hemorrhage occurs, whether it's at the top, whether it's on the margin, how big it is. That is going to increase or decrease the risk of causing a miscarriage. The last one is the painful period like flow with cramping. That almost never happens in a frozen embryo transfer. Matter of fact, almost the only time that ever happens is if someone stops their progesterone or if something else happened catastrophic. So the next question then. Is what do you do when this happens? I always recommend calling your fertility doctor. Anytime you have bleeding. And I know it may be minor. But it's still good for your peace of mind. Now. Is there anything you can do? The sad answer is. No. There's nothing you can really do. To stop a miscarriage. There's no way to treat a sub hemorrhage. But. That doesn't mean you shouldn't contact someone because sometimes you may be worried when you don't need to be. And sometimes just seeing that baby on the ultrasound will give you the hope again so you won't be fearful. Another important aspect is if you are further along in the pregnancy, past six weeks, and you have RH negative blood type, It would be important to know if you need to take a rogam shot, which prevents you from becoming sensitized to the RH positive blood type and make antibodies that would attack the next baby. In summary, most of the time when there's bleeding, things go fine. And so when you hear that, it's not someone just saying what you want to hear. It's actually true. The first two types of bleeding we talked about almost never lead to a miscarriage. The third type, the subcorner hemorrhages, can, but still, most will end up going fine. Few will end in a miscarriage. The last one is the one to be worried about. If you're having cramping, it's scary because you might be having a miscarriage. I hope this never happens to anyone. And if it does, I hope this podcast will help you feel reassured and not as worried. And I hope when you go in for that ultrasound, everything's okay. As always, I ask, if you love the podcast, please let other people know about it. Please review us on iTunes and things like that to get the word out. It's been a lot of fun for me doing these and I plan on doing them for a long time please send in any type of ideas you have for podcasts to our email at tbft at newdirectionfertility.com. That's TBFT as in Talk About Fertility Tuesdays. I wish everyone a happy Taco Tuesday. Until next week, this is Talk About Fertility Tuesday.